Hello, everybody, and welcome to the 16th episode of the Not Your Everyday MMA podcast. As always, my name is Alex Henry, and I am with Tori Haverl. Tori, I haven't, guys? I haven't thrown it to you in a while. I always you just haven't. say your name, but I threw it to you today. <laughs> I, I gave you the lob. But, it was um, a little shocking. Yeah, Tori and I were coming off, and you got you MMA fans, we're coming off an exciting weekend, an exciting pay per view, you know, one that ended up falling off in terms of some fights that were supposed to happen. New fights did. And then there was just a bunch of finishes. Crazy. It was I think crazy. It went off from like tying the record. Yeah, it was wild. Like all these finishes were crazy. Like the first, I think like, when was the first decision? Patty? The first decision, I was it Patty? Was there any in the, I forgot if there was any in the early pre. It was, it was that, Patty. It was Patty. The first decision was Patty. That is insane. <laughs> yeah. What a decision that was. Sorry. Yeah. No, we'll, no, we'll, we'll get, get there. We'll get there. Um, some notable prelims, Ohio boy, Chris Curtis. Just wanted to mention the guy's name, even though I'm yeah. pretty sure I picked Joaquin Buckley. I think we both picked Joaquin Buckley to win, but yeah, we did. Chris Curtis took a win. I mean, 30 and nine. That's like if you eliminated Chris Curtis's name and you said, "Hey, it's an MMA fighter. He's thirty and nine in the UFC." You would think, "Holy crap, this guy must be really good." And then you yeah. see Chris Curtis, and he's just kind of been average his whole career. But on paper, he's good. And he was not looking. He was actually kind of getting beat up that fight. Then he, he got was. he got that shot, and that was it. Third round, I believe it was third round, and boom! I kind of felt bad for walking. I was kind of rooting for him. I was like, "Yeah," and then I was like, "Oh," and then I was like, but it was, it was it was a good finish. It was a great fight. Yeah, no, really good fight. The uh, the next one was Edmund Shabazian t- uh, versus Daucha Lujimbula. I can't believe I'm remembering these names. I'm like surprising myself right now. <laughs> uh, it was a it was like a flying knee type. That was crazy. Thing. It was punch yeah. type stoppage. It was crazy. Yeah, the finishes were inc- yeah wild. All that the was finishes, crazy yeah. Fight. Um, yeah, then on to, um, Rosenstrike. I mean, okay. That like, that was too, like, no joke. Walked forward through landed out like, damn, I, 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 I was wrong. We were wrong. I, I, or I don't know if you chose Rosenstrike, but I chose Dawkins, I believe. And wow. And boy, oh boy, was I wrong. I believe I picked Rosenstrike, but I didn't want to pick Rosenstrike. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Wow. Dude's got a hammer. He does have a hatch to his hand, like just within a second. No wasted, no time, no yeah, time like at all. Than, just it was went like down. Less than a minute. It was crazy. Yeah, it was insane. Whoa! There goes the ring light. The <laughs> ring light just took a took a massive fall there, just oh like Chris Dawkins did. See what I did there? Oh, but that was funny. I did it on purpose. What can I say? Uh, the the final fight. Mr. 18-year-old himself, Raul Rose. Raul, I don't know why I keep wanting to say it like that. Rose's junior. Wow. I mean, dude, it looked good. Wow. You know who he reminded yeah. me of, Tori? Who? Kind of reminded me of your boy, Alja. He came out, yeah. had some good striking, took him down fast, grabbed his back. And just did not let go. Just and did, he could not just- get him off. And the thing is about him being so young is he's not going to tire out easily. No. Like, and so he can hang out there for a while. And I mean, especially with a guy like Jay Perrin, I mean, it was crazy. 
it was awesome. I, I liked watching it. I was on my feet cheering, even though I was alone watching the fights after work, but I was up and cheering for him. It was so awesome to see um, such a young kid do it. And the comment at the end was funny. And the fact that he got the bonus was amazing, but I just wonder what's next for him. I really do. I wonder what he wants to fight. If he wants to be very active, if he should be very active. I don't know. I want to know what's on, what's on the agenda for, for Al Rosas Jr. I just hope that they keep giving him fights like this fights that he should be able to win. I think it's, I don't think there's anything unfair until he's like 22 of giving him fights that he should win. No, because he's young. He's these guys are, if you're fighting a 27 year old UFC fighter with any more than 13 fights under their belt, then they should have a chance to be a kid. You know what I mean? Yeah. No matter how good he is. Yeah. So I think, you know, there's no reason to put him in there with a killer yet. Uh, and I would definitely take it slow. I agree there. Another thing, I forgot to tell you this. I was going to tell you off the podcast. I forgot. When we started our podcast, I DM Jay Perrin, the Joker, for an interview. And he saw it, but he never responded. It says scene. I was looking. I fought, one of his posts came up after the fight. I'm like, why do yeah. I follow him? Like, why, why did I follow him? Checked messages. I DM'd him. I asked him when he'd come on. Said scene. Didn't answer. So kind of happy he lost. Yeah. No, I think, okay, Alex, I think I did the same thing. And I think he left me on opened as well. And I remember the screenshot I I sent you and he left me on open. Wait, you did screenshot him. He responded. He said, yes, then never responded again. Dang. I completely forgot about that too. I completely forgot that that happened. That's been a while. I was like, Two months yeah. ago. Yeah. He, I, left, I, he responded, got my hopes up, then never responded again. Wow. So rude. He deserved it. He deserved it. You know what? Raw Rosas Jr., you do you. You yeah, did great. If Jay Perrin ever wants on, I'd still let him on, of course, but I'd be I'd be upset with him. I I'd might even bring it up. I might even bring it up with him. I don't know. But uh yeah, just total side conversation there. <laughs> on to the uh the main card. Ilya Tuporia took on Bryce Mitchell, and I'll give my thoughts first. Bryce looked bad. I It wasn't the same like Bryce I saw. Now, he was tough. Like I said in the podcast, dude had the dog in him. Yeah, they could, That dog can't stop you from wanting to almost die because you can't breathe. Yeah. You know, but yeah. in terms of those punches, he was taking them. Yeah. And he, yeah. he was fighting. He was putting up his best fight that he could. But overall, Ilya Tuporia, I think we're looking at a future champion. I really do. I think he is good, good, good. Like his power and his dominance was just so impressive. Tori, I don't want to take everything. What did you think about this fight? I mean, the first thing that went to my head was just like prospect like a challenge you know a challenge in the featherweight division and if he ends up fighting brian ortega i would choose Ilya. and i'm a brian ortega fan i just think he is that good he is very yeah. well-rounded he has such power in his hands he's quick and just on top of that his he has good grappling he's just he's good everywhere he's scary this dude is actually scary and i mean i don't think bryce looked horrible i just think Ilya was on a different <clears throat> level in terms of striking just because bryce is used to kind of going for the takedown right away and accomplishing it and just getting it to the floor and dominating there but Ilya, that's not the type of fighter Ilya is because 
he's very good as well on the ground. And it was, it was an insanely dominant performance. And the only thing I would have for Ilya is that he does tend to chase the finishing. You saw his hands kind of get heavy mm-hmm. at the end a little bit and um, just kind of tire out, but he's awesome. It's crazy. It's always fun seeing someone like this, but um, I don't think Bryce has done it all. I, I still think Bryce is amazing. No. And people are saying how oh, he should go to like different camp and stuff like that. No, dude, he was against Ilya Topuria, who is an insane. It was it it really was either way like this fight it was crazy uh-huh. and it, it was awesome it was awesome that's it it was a very good performance these guys fight 10 times i think they go 5 and 5 you know yeah. what i mean like i i i really do believe that it was his ilya's night but ilya looked really good um on the next fight drink is 2 plus e there until now <sighs> drink is 2 plus e one third round rear naked choke in case you guys didn't know but for me, in my head, I never said this, but I was like, if Darren Till loses this fight, might get cut from the UFC. You know, I'm like, might might be on old Dana's chopping block. Yeah. But he didn't look bad. No. And that was no, the thing. Not. He did not get dominantly beat. Actually, Drake said it best. And I honestly, I can't, I don't know. I'm just sitting in my bedroom right now. Never fought a yeah. day in my life. But Drake said that Darren Till's weak. For the weight class and honestly i could see that because darren till would land some of these big punches and i'd be like all right all right didn't phase the guy did not no. phase duplessy at all and uh i mean shout out to drickus he moved up in the in the uh standings after that fight yeah he looked good i mean he's 18 and 2 now that's a legit yeah. record there's you know that's a really really good record so good for him Corey, what did you have to take away from this fight i agree um, I didn't think Darren looked bad at all. I mean, maybe if he would have survived that round, it would have, who knows who could have won, but I'm, yeah, I, I was just thinking the same thing. He was landing and I was just, I was like, what? It, it just wasn't an effect. It was almost frustrating. I'm like, come on, Darren. Oh, like, oh yeah. Oh, like it didn't do anything. It's, he never really took a step back. It was an awesome fight. It's funny because it wasn't like a fight of the night, but there was like no long fights throughout the night. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. It was like kind of hard, but it was, it was an awesome fight. I think Darren's, I don't know. I don't know what I think about Darren right now. I don't think he should be cut. I still think he's good. I still think he can compete, but I don't know about competing for the title. He just looks old. He's like 30, but he he just, something looks up. I don't know what it is. Maybe going down a weight class would be good for him. You know, if he, he might look a little weight. younger. <laughs> yeah, make him look a little younger, but I don't yeah. know. It, it was a good fight. Good job to Drakus. It, it was a good performance by him and it showed how tough he is too. And he's just, He's cool to a new prospect as well in the middleweight division. A new, other than the Cannoneer, the, you know, people we've been seeing over and over again. Yeah, maybe Darren Till could go over to the PFL because Ooh. he might be, he might fit in there. Yeah. PFL needs guys like Darren Till. They do. They do. Um, you sure. know, bigger, like Darren Till. Here's the thing about Darren Till. Honestly, he's not that good. He's just a very, for UFC fighters, I would only want to call him average. He's like a little below average and how he statement. how he has been recently. How he has been, yeah. Yeah, how he has been. You put that guy in the PFL, he's gonna be a little better than the talent that's kind of there. Obviously, not the champions, the best PFL fighters, but in terms of everybody else competing, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know how much money he's getting, but dude just keeps losing, so it can't be that much. Um, they get the is it 50k for a fight of the night? Yeah, 50k. 
you get the 50k though yeah that's it yeah so anyway on to the on to the next <laughs> one hopefully Darren Till figures it out I I don't really like him either but I I don't prey on anybody's downfall yeah. even if you're my least favorite other than Kamaro I- Usman Maybe a little, maybe a little, maybe a little. Maybe I wouldn't mind if he, you know, fell Don off. Don <laughs> Maybe. Um, Santiago Ponzinibbio took on Alex Morona. Um, Morona, what do I do? Um, and I, when I watched this fight live, I was like, okay, time to, this is what I call a water break fight. I'm like, all right, get something to drink, get a snack, check my phone. Yeah, and then I like was kind of watching it, and I was like, "Oh wait, this they're kind of fighting, like they're kind of yeah, they're kind of trying to put on a show right now." And Alex looked good, and I'm like, "Holy crap!" Me and Tori were wrong. This dude apparently could have picked up a fight on the two day notice and would have been been fine. Yeah, and then Santiago uh, Santiago Ponzinibbio just popped him. Yeah, popped him, and I was like, yeah. "Holy crap!" And it was a good fight, and, and I was happy uh, for um, Ponce Nibio again. Another one of those things where you look at a record and you're really impressed. Santiago moves to 29 and 6. That's crazy. Impressive record. I mean, that is a stacked dresser record. Like, Yamblehovich is 29 and 9. Yeah. One. <laughs> like, now um, one. Yeah. yeah. That's a, uh, that's an, I don't know, that's impressive. What did you think about this fight, Tori? Um, same thing. I was very surprised by Alex's performance. I thought Santiago was gonna be able to get him out like in the first round. I was mm-hmm. just kind of waiting for it. <laughs> Similar thing. Um, I was watching it, but I didn't watch it live because I was at work, so I was rewatching it at my house. And I like got up a little bit, you know. All of a sudden, I hear the whoo, and I look back and I'm like, oh, and I missed it. <laughs> I missed. I missed uh-huh. the finish. So I did have to go back and rewatch it. And <laughs> it was an awesome fight. I was very surprised. Santiago looked good. He always looks good, though. He's pretty much always consistent, just powerhouse and. Morano, I'm. It's almost one of those things where it's a Darren Tiller doesn't really diminish him at all because he took the fight on such short notice and he looked really good. I mean, if if Santiago wouldn't have finished him, I would have had Morano winning the fight. And so it was, it was awesome. I, it was a cool fight. Um, and I'm yeah, he proved a lot. Short nose wins work. Yeah, good win, good win. Let's go to the co-main. Tori, I'll give it to you this time. Patty the Batty Pimplet gets a unanimous. Decision win versus Jared Gordon. What did you think about this fight, Tori? This is why I think the PFL's format is very great. And this isn't a promo. Like, this is just me <laughs> saying it in general, why I think the PFL's format is very good because most of the times it's based off of excitement and based on points. And so you know where you're going and you know how you're getting there. And so you want to put on the most, more, more, perf- more interesting fights and you want to finish your opponents to get those higher points to move higher up in the um, season. This was BS, and I'm going to say it was BS because Patty Pimlet did not even close to win that fight. Not in a single itty-bitty, incy-bincy, tiny little bit win that fight. It's crazy to me because people are comparing it to Sean O'Malley versus Piotr Jan, but that is completely different because based off statistics, Sean O'Malley did win that fight. If you look at um, just strikes landed per round, he outstruck him. I mean, control time, yeah, but it evens out. It's Do you take control well, time damage. or do you take strikes? And Oops, and damage, 
This was crazy, actually insane to me because there was no shot Patty won that. He got rocked like four times in the first round, like twice in the second, and he got held in the third the whole time. It got to a point because I had actually gotten this fight spoiled for me because my Do Not Disturb was off, and I saw a tweet saying, how did Patty win that fight? And I was like, oh, it's going to be like a one. So I kind of got it spoiled a little bit. But the third round, I was watching it and I almost got pissed. So I like turned it off like mid third round because I was like, this is like dumb because if Patty won this fight, it literally makes no sense. And it, it just it was so I'm sorry. It's ridiculous. The hype train. It's the hype train. And I like Patty. Don't get me wrong. I like Patty. He just did not win that fight. And it's OK to take a loss. It's OK. Like you're still going to be there. Molly's still there. She's still surviving. She got dominated. It was I'm sorry. It was just bad. It, and by UD. Uh uh-uh. uh. No. UD. Corey, I hate to say it. I hate to say it. Not only was it an awful call, because it was. Jared Gordon won. But Patty is overrated right now. He he just didn't look good at all. Like, his chin's up. Everybody wants to talk about how his chin's up. Oh, his chin's up, his chin's up. Yes, that's awful, 100%. But let's talk about his hands. And I think... You know, it's it gets like desensitized because you guys you have guys like Sean Amali who fight with their hands down, but that's on purpose. Yeah, we're talking. Patty comes out with a nice little, you know, whatever his stance is, and a minute in, he's it's like he yeah. wants to get hit. Exactly. I'm like, what yeah, it looks like he's doing? tired. Yeah, yeah, he looks bad and. I didn't actually listen to Sean O'Malley's podcast, but I saw some quotes from what he had to say about this fight. And he's like, Patty, this needs to be his wake-up call. You know, he needs to realize, okay, I need to stop putting on 100 pounds after all my fights. I need to start training harder because I have potential. I am a good fighter, but I am never going to be able to compete with UFC guys if I fight the way I did versus Jared Gordon and for him to say he got fight of the night. What dude, you got robbed. Mm -mm. And another thing that I kind of want to mention is I did not love Dana White's reaction to this fight either. He was like angry at Jared Gordon. And I was Mm -hmm. like, why, why he did what he was supposed to do in the third round. He, cause he clearly won rounds one and two. Clearly people were saying maybe Patty won rounds two. No, he just starched him at the end a little bit. But Gordon was consistent throughout this whole fight, landing more control time. It just, it's he on every single level, he beat Patty. And I oh, just yeah. don't like how Dana was saying, Dana, if you're watching this, I love you, but don't like what your comment was. Anyways, just kidding. But um, it was just, I, I just didn't understand it. It was crazy. And it pissed me off because it's almost like makes us as fans be like, then what's the point of the sport? What's the point of these sure. judges? If it's not a true calling, if that makes sense, if it's not a good call and it made me doubt the sport too. I'm like, if this is going to, how it's going to continue to go, I'm going to a different organization or I'll just do something else. It's just, I don't know. Yeah. It, it really like, and it sucks too, because this is the fight. A lot of people were most excited for on this card. Not me, but a lot of people, they were like, this is the fight I want to see. Well, you yikes. Know yeah, you, you you got it. We can talk about this all day, but let's just get to the vacant light heavyweight championship bout. And, Tori, believe it or not, still the vacant lightweight heavyweight champion uh, ship is out there. It's still vacant. Yeah. Because uh, 
It was a split. It was a split draw. So uh what do you what do you take from this fight? Um, what do you think about each guy? Who do you think should have won? Do you agree with the call? I kind of have a little bit of an unpopular opinion in this one. I thought Jan won. I did, just because of how much he picked him apart and how much he damaged him in the first three rounds. I do get that Magomed very much did take him down and control him in the last two, but I think Jan did more damage and more wear to Magomed than Magomed did to Jan. And so I didn't think Jan should be saying sorry to anyone. I didn't think he should say, like, this is your belt. I thought he won. And, I mean, people are going to be like, oh, no, well, that's what I thought. And it really showed, though, that I don't know if Magomed, like, this was a huge jump in competition from him. I know Anthony... Smith is like a huge guy, but he got injured. It wasn't like a, you know, a huge fight. And so this is a huge step up in competition. I think it was good practice, but I, I don't necessarily, I, I thought Jan looked like the better fighter that night. I did. I, I also didn't like the way Dana reacted to this fight. I hated the way that Dana reacted to this fight. Actually, it made me mad. The post press conference, he was saying how it was one of the worst fights in UFC history, how it was so boring. I did not think it's boring. These fighters did what they are skilled at. They did what they are supposed to do. And I could definitely see how it was a split draw. It's no judgment, really. I mean, kind of some to the judges, but not really, because it was, because there's, was it two 10 eights the last two rounds? Well, yes. Yeah, yeah. Very yeah. yeah. I can see how it was a draw. I just don't like the way Dana reacted. And uh, we can talk about what he did after you give your thing about this fight. I um I do think Magomed won. Um, mainly my reasoning, which I had a comment on a uh, Instagram post and it got a lot of likes and I was happy about it because it's something I don't see many people really even wanting to talk about. Is I thought Magomed won the first round in at least one guy's scorecard, but all of them had it for Jan. So they all agreed with you actually, Tori. For me personally, Magomed did way more damage in the first round. I think he even landed more strikes in the first round. So for me, I definitely thought Magomed had that first round. It wasn't an impressive 10-8. It wasn't even an impressive 10-9. But if I had to score it, I would have scored it at least 10-9 Magomed. And for all of them to have a 10-9 Jan, that was what really surprised me. You're right on that one. I just pulled up the stats. Um, total strikes um, for Magomed, 191 compared to 79. First, oh, wait, oh, this is full, full fight. Never mind. Magomed, 19 total strikes compared to Jan's 14. Um, significant strikes, 19 to Jan's 14. And, like, the damage was there. Magomed, I talked about this in our podcast story, uh, previewing it. His kicks, I mean, well, you got to give Jan his credit because, holy crap, oh, yeah. he about took off Magomed's leg with his kicks the entire fight. But Magomed's body kicks, dude, his teeps to the body, his front kicks, um, you know what teep means? Same, yeah. same thing, pretty much. Um, and his kicks to the body were just on point that entire round. Even Daniel Cormier was talking about it. He's like, man, if I had to pick a round or pick a guy, I'd pick, uh, well, he actually pronounced Ankalaev's name wrong. How would he say it? But either way, he was, you know, he even said before the fight was over, he had Magomed in the first round. So I definitely thought the first round went for him. I rewatched the fight, Tori. And after rewatching it, I kind of understand the draw a little more. A yeah. Just an incy bin. But like, I really do think Magomed should have won it, especially because his wrestling but what i will add to your point tori is how dana said it was boring one of my favorite things in mma 
one of the reasons I'm a huge fan of the sport is it's like a chess match sometimes. And that doesn't just mean inside the round. That means inside the fight. Mm -hmm. Magomed was getting the crap beat out of him with this striking. He couldn't strike. Jan did what he needed to do. I said, if Jan can do this to Magomed striking in the podcast, that's his only shot. He stayed outside and kicked him and would come in every now and then for punches and come out. Yeah. And that's how that was just that was the plan to beat Magomed. That's what I said. Magomed said, all right, well, what do I got to do? I have to wrestle him. And it's like they're it's like two countries going to war and they have to figure out how what they're doing. It's like it's like a chess match. It's really entertaining. To me, I understand to everybody that might not be entertaining. That's why Israel is one of my favorite fighters, because you'll see Israel make all these tiny adjustments throughout a fight to ensure a win most yeah. of the time. Um, so, yeah, I thought Magomed had it. But, Tori, to what you were saying, Dana came out, the guy who never makes fights on fight nights, right? Yeah. And he made he a made fight. One. And what do you, you what do you think what do you think what do you think about it? Um Jamal Hill taking on Clover Texer in Brazil. I don't think much about it. I think it was rushed. I mean, to be honest, I don't necessarily think it was needed. I think it's unfair to the two guys that just fought for the title, even though it was for a vacant title. I do think it's a little unfair. I also feel bad for Anthony Smith. Like, wasn't that was definitely a thing that they were supposed to fight? That was a thing. I mean, it's exciting. I'm happy I would get to see Glover fight. I don't have many thoughts on it. I mean, Jamal Hill, it's going to be exciting. I'm a little nervous for Jamal Hill's um, power and Glover's um, age a little bit, but I mean, it's just, I, I think it's unfair. I think it's unfair to the two fighters that worked hard, went through training camps, fought for the title that night, ended in a draw. They're kind of left on a cliffhanger over here, you know? And so I don't know. Yeah. And what a, what a move to make, you know, after I almost feel like he was power trip Dana because you're, you got one of your, best lightweight fighters saying he doesn't know if he wants to fight for your promotion anymore and you're just backhanding him on top of a you know a decision that a lot of people think should have went his way including his opponent that night yeah and you're saying "Mm, you know what he doesn't get a fight neither of them get a fight actually this is the fight that happens and that's not how he said it but boy that's how I interpreted it maybe that was just me but um, in terms of the fight, I actually think it'll be a really good fight. But I don't think it was the fight to make. No, I, I, think, don't, I don't think it makes much sense. It, it seems like a rush. It seems like something that was just thrown up in the air. You know, another another thing is, you know, Dana openly said this fight's boring. Well, no wonder he would want to see it. He wouldn't want to see it a second time. He's calling the fight boring. Yeah, but just because Dana White thinks the fight's boring doesn't mean that you shouldn't. That's not the fair fight to make, Bruh, You're on Brandon Moreno, Davison Figueroa four. Yeah, yeah, and not all of those fights have been extremely entertaining. They are. I mean, when it's a flyweight fight, they're gonna strike each other the entire time, and that's somewhat entertaining. But it's not like you know, there's the levels to entertainment in the fight. So yeah. it was, it was weird. I like the fight, but I don't know if it was the fairest either. I kind of agree with yeah. you, Tori. There's not much thought on it. I'm just like, oh, well, there that goes. Like, it's it's almost like a title fight that I'm not going to take too seriously because it's so last minute. You know, it's not one of those, like, built-up anticipation. It's just like, oh, well, I feel like whoever wins is going to be champion for, like, 0.2 seconds. So, I mean, like, yeah. Yeah, I kind of just want Yuri back. I like Yuri. I actually really like this dude. Like, yeah. bro grew on me a lot. So, 
come back, Yuri. Like, Yuri, just heal. Just yeah, just, just be better. Go on a mountain, you know, like you do, and meditate and be a samurai, and I don't know, balance your chakras out or something. I don't, I don't know. You do best, Yuri. You got it. You got yeah, it, bro. I need it. I need you back. I need you back. But uh, yeah, that'll wrap it up for the the two eighty two recap, Tori. Any final thoughts on the pay per view, the last pay per view of the year? Everything was great up until Comey and Maine. Yep. Yep, I agree. Well, this week, last actual UFC event of the year, it, fight oh, night, uh, we got Jared Cannonier, the killer gorilla, taking I'm on excited. Sean Strickland. Does Sean so, Strickland have a nickname? Um, or is probably. it just Sean Strickland? I wouldn't be surprised if it was just Sean Strickland. Tell me what, Tori. Give me your breakdown for the very first fight on the card, and I will try to figure out if Sean Strickland has a nickname while I'm listening. Sounds good. Alrighty, the first fight is going to be in the middleweight division, and we have Cody Brundage versus Mikel, right? Mikel? Ole Juzak. That's how it's going to be. Good enough. Good enough. Uh, we'll yeah, call him Mikel right from now on. Alrighty, we have Brundage, who is 8-2-0. He has a grappling base and if you guys did not see one of his past couple of fights he did beat the tough winner very dominantly trey sean gore which is not much of an accomplishment because trey sean gore is iffy but um he has good wrestling and in order for this fight to go his way i think he just needs to get that top position and beat down because that is going to be his biggest advantage is when he is on the ground and then you have michael who is normally actually at 205 but he dropped down his last fight to 185 and he's staying around he has a record of 17 5 and 0 he has really good boxing he's a southpaw has good power his striking is going to be the biggest threat he has fast hands moves around very smoothly and since he was bigger and cut down he does have that knockout power that big 205 power I am choosing Michelle this fight. I think he has the advantages everywhere as long as he can stay away from the takedowns of Bundage. But, I mean, if Bundage uses his chain wrestling as he has before, he might be able to get success if he gets Mikhail to the floor and on his back and starts beating him down. But for now, I think I'm going to choose Michelle, and I think I'm going to go by, like, I'm going to say by, like, first round, second round knockout. I think he's going to finish him. Yeah, no, good breakdown, Tori. Uh, Sean Strickland used to go by Tarzan. But actually doesn't he like dropped the nickname, I guess. So we'll see if he comes out to a new nickname, if he goes back to Tarzan, if he just goes Sean Strickland. But uh to this fight, Tori, I agree with a lot of stuff you said, you know, uh Brundage, heavy striker. He has good wrestling, really good wrestling, actually. Yeah. A college wrestler, but is he going to use it? Don't know. Stepping yeah. up on short notice, still very good. Um, Macau. Super fast striker, throws with a lot of volume, quick on his feet, and he's overall a really smart fighter. And I, I really like Cody, actually, just in general as, like, a prospect. But I think Macau uh, is going to be the better fighter. He's got a little more fight experience, higher fighter IQ, even without the experience. You could have a high fight IQ and not have a lot of fighting experience, believe it or yeah. not. Um and I, I think uh, Macau does have that. So I do think that he gets the win in this fight, Tori. So we both agree on the first one. On to the next one. And boy, oh boy, is it a hard fight to predict. Drew Dober taking on Bobby Green. Two very easy names to pronounce, by the way. Gotta, gotta <laughs> love it. Rolls off uh, the tongue. Yeah, for sure. Drew Dober is just, he's tough. He is just tough. And this is a guy that I kind of, 
hate on a lot, but he just continues to prove me wrong. And as an as an analyst, I can't let my personal bias get too far ahead of his actual skill. Dude is tough. His wrestling can be weak. And his chin has been exposed. Terrence McKenney did drop him in like the first 10 seconds of their fight. He's like one of the first only people that he's the only guy to drop Drew Dober, I think. Um, but besides that, his chin is really, really, really tough. He's super, super technical. He's got like a Muay Thai style. I actually think he trains at Tiger Muay Thai or he's a Tiger Muay Thai fighter, but it's not his gym. Yeah. Um, or I don't know. Tiger Muay Thai is weird because people will train at Tiger Muay Thai, but they're their actual home gym somewhere else. Um, but either way, he has that Muay Thai style, style um, of fighting. Bobby Green, very fun, diverse striker. He has good, like, boxing defense. Uh, and he has really good, um, like, wrestling, if he wants to use it. Um, he was the guy to expose Nazareth Hack for us. And, you know, Nazareth, in my opinion, I've talked about it before on the podcast, he was a really big prospect. I thought this dude was yeah. going to be good. And then Bobby Green just picked him apart. Like yeah. he made it easy. Mind you, he also, like I said, he exposed Nazareth. Nazareth has his guard up and just gets hit in the face either way. It has no parry. But um, still, yeah, he he exposed him. And then he lost to Islam a week later. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? Both of them have losses to Islam. I forgot about that. Yeah. He ended up fighting Islam and then just, just lost. So yeah. ah, it's a hard, it's a, I don't know. First off, I hate bet, betting on this fight. Don't bet on this fight. That's awful. This is bet on this fight. If you probably won't lose your money. Cause I don't know who's going to win Bobby green. I think he's a better MMA striker. Drew is stronger, tougher for sure. And this fight's hard to pick because I can see Bobby green winning by decision or losing by finish. But I think it comes down to how good Bobby Green is that night. But I think I know what I'm going to get out of Drew Dober. So, with that being said, I don't like the risk of what Bobby Green am I going to get. So, I will take Drew Dober. And Drew Dober isn't the best wrestler either. So, if Bobby Green does go to his wrestling... That might even be a way that he can win, too. And I don't even need him to wrestle to be his best that night. That's not even what I'm saying. I'm just saying, is it going to be a Bobby Green who has really good striking defense that's able to pick a guy apart? If he can do that with Drew, he'll probably win each round one by decision. Um, But if not, probably going to get knocked out. Or it's just going to be a really good fight that goes to, like, a hard decision. So I'll shut up, Tori. That's my breakdown. What do you think about this fight? No, I agree. I'm hoping it does go to decision because if it does, I think we're going to get a war. I mean, Dober, both of these guys' records are just crazy. Dober, 25-11-0. Green, 29-13-0. Crazy. Dober, granite chin. I The crimson chin. Man just simply cannot be beat, like you said. Um, I think he has decent decent wrestling, and I think if he uses it against Green, it could maybe work to his advantage because I do think Green has the advantage on the feet a little bit. And but the thing is, is when he gets top position, because we've seen green, he's not great on his back. I know it was with Islam, but we've seen some previous opponents before where he's gotten taken down. He struggled a little bit defensively. And so I think if green, if not if green, but if Dober can uh, somehow get the takedown and get him on his back, I think he can beat him down with ease. I do not think Dober's going to get knocked out. So 
that's why I do believe that Dober's either going to finish green or he's going to win by decision or green win by decision. I'll do my pick after, but I mean, Dober, he's consistent. I have it right here. Like you said, he's always consistent. You know, what you're going to get, he's a brawler and he has that powerhouse of a left hand that people do need to watch out for mm-hmm. because it is strong and hard hitting and just good boxing. He's just a classic and the UFC, I feel like almost he's just a classic Drew Dober. Everyone knows who he is. Everyone knows what he's about. And then you have Green, who has the advantage slightly on the feet, as I wrote right here. We have seen him struggle off his back, as I mentioned before. Really good boxing. One of the bigger differences is Green has fought tougher competition and higher competition in the rankings, if you look at it. He has better striking accuracy and better defense. You can just see it in general. He is a little bit more output in his fights. He has good straights. He has very crisp and clean hands, and he has very has good volume rather than power. And so mm-hmm. that's why it's a hard fight. I don't know which one to choose. Um, I had it in my head, but now that I'm saying it out loud, like I always do, I am contemplating my decisions. And I think I'm going to go Dober. I think he's going to be a little more consistent. Like you said, I know what I'm going to get. Never know what you're going to get with Bobby Green. So, and Bobby Green, remember a little bit ago, like tested positive for something. And he admitted <laughs> he admitted it too. Oh, He's like, no, yeah, I did that. I just didn't know. Oh, well, he's an honest guy. Like, I mean, that's cool. Bobby Green's though. He's a cool guy. He's a cool guy. I do like Bobby well, Green, but I think I'm going to choose Dober in this fight. Yeah, I don't know what the, 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 the drug was, but like, I remember that was a while ago, right? That was like, eight months ago something like that it was almost like a year ago it was like six it was like a six month suspension six months suspension yeah anyway i remember when it came out and i'm like like i never heard of this drug in my entire life so i don't and you know me i love drugs yeah yeah the biggest (laughs) (laughs) no i don't know anything about drugs i never heard about it so bobby green's like i don't know my bad so (laughs) i i think that's funny but uh, yeah, super hard fight to pick, Tori. What's the next fight? Um, oh, I think it's gonna be featherweight. I had my notes mixed up for a second. I had it on the main event, anyways. Alex Caceres versus Julian Hirosa. It's gonna be a fun fight. I'm actually kind of excited for this one. Mm-hmm. Alrighty, so both of these guys are UFC veterans. They both have very built up records. You have Caceres who is 19, 13, and 0, and then you have Hirosa who is 28, 10, and 0. And starting off with Alex, he is a UFC veteran. He has decent grappling overall, a good mixed martial artist, good leg kicks. He uses his range very well. Keep going, continuously going in and out, in and out. Mm-hmm. He does keep a little bit of a high guard, which is not the best thing sometimes. And then he throws really good straights and just solid everywhere. Good experience, very good volume, good accuracy. He was on a five fight win streak before his last loss, which was a good fight. And then you have Erosa who interestingly enough, I wrote this down because I thought that was cool. Not really cool, but just funny. Erosa lost to Patty Pimlet in 2016 in Cage Warriors. Ooh, that is interesting. Yeah, fun fact. And, but I mean, he's a violent, uh, just a, a violent fighter. I mean, he's a Southpaw striker, very wild, a brawler, has good jujitsu when he needs it. He needs to keep this fight out of range, just keep move in and out, moving out because his chin is not the best. He can be a little bit inconsistent. He is a little bit of an awkward fighter. He does hold his hands low, but the chin has been improving in his past couple fights. And I mean, when he does need to use the takedowns, he does an okay job working them in. But overall, I think Casares is the uh, 
it's a hard one for me to choose. I don't know. I'm actually going to switch last minute and I'm going to go. I'm still going to go Cassiotis. Never mind. I overall just think he is a mix, better mixed martial artist. I do have that in my print because as I was reading it, but I mean, this is also a close fight. I just, I, I think he's going to have a little bit too much power for, for Rosa. And I, it's just, it's a little concerning. I think it's going to end to finish. I'm going to say like a second, I'm going to say third round knockout. I'll just throw that out there. Third round knockout. Okay. I, for Alex, besides him having a great name, I put that every time there's somebody named Alex. Hopefully there's a fighter that can be named Tori and then you can do the same thing Hopefully, I do all the time. One time. Um, but I, I said that he, he's a diverse striker. Um, but he's a stereotypical featherweight fight, um, featherweight striker. Featherweight might be Miley's favorite weight division. It's pretty hard. I, I like, I mean, I like fighters in the featherweight and I like watching featherweight fights, mm-hmm. but I feel like they're just always so similar. And mind you, if I'm like, Hey guys, watch UFC. I don't want to watch this fight. I might, I'll probably throw on a featherweight fight because those are, the you know usually entertaining fight i'm on a side tangent here but all i'm saying is a lot of featherweight fighters are just like high output fast strikers but they don't have any power (laughs) it's usually it's usually what it is and now i'm like i don't that doesn't really i don't know anyway because then (laughs) it usually goes to decision and then i don't know who won because it's like so hard to judge when there's this fast strikers fast strikers and you gotta hope one of them had more damage than the other and anyway that's my little side tangent but that's alex right um he has 70 percent down takedown 70 percent takedown accuracy um but he isn't always a wrestler um he almost like always like he'll wrestle if he needs to but it's not like he has wrestling in his back pocket He'll just like if the fight's not going his way, yeah. he'll try to wrestle. Um Erosa, he he's a really good striker. Um he he comes in and out, doesn't look for the knockout, but he he can knock people out. Um, so he's one featherweight that can knock people out. Um, he's also a pretty good wrestler, uh, overall. So I'm gonna take him here because I think he is a better wrestler. I think that. You know, if it is just a strike-heavy match, well, if he can go to his wrestling, then that's going to help him win this fight. So that's kind of what I expect. But this is a really hard fight to judge, and I am really looking forward to it, Tori. Uh, but our first disagreement, uh, nonetheless. So we'll see what happens. Um, on. on to the next one. Crazy fight. Um, yeah. Amir... Albazi taking on Alessandro Costa. Um, Amir, good striker, but ultimately he's pretty much just a wrestler. He's fast, averages three takedowns a fight. He has really good uh, BJJ as well. So, I mean, overall, what I just named like a really good overall fighter. He's yeah. got he's got all three. Um, yeah. Alessandro, very clean striker, has a lot of power. But besides that, I haven't seen a lot out of him yet um, at the high level. And he remind me, Tori, is this like He's a contender series guy, right? Came off um, the Casa. Yeah. Or was it? Let me. I I believe so. I think I had that written in my notes. Let me go down to it. Either way, all I'm saying is I haven't seen him fight really hard guys. Same with him. Yes, he was. He was a contender series mm-hmm. guy. Okay, so yeah, um, haven't seen a lot out of him yet, and 
strictly for that, I'm going to take Amir. I mean, like I said, pretty well-rounded fighter. He's good. Uh, I think he'd probably win however he wants, actually. So I'm going to go with Amir um, in this fight. Yeah, I am going to agree with you on that. Both of these are new, exciting prospects. I always like to see prospects in the flyweight division just to kind of mix it up a little bit. But Amir, just good everywhere. Like you said, moves in and out, very good straight shots, mixes in his wrestling well, very good submission game. He's fast on his feet, and he's always working for the takedown. Then you have Costa, good striker, solid powder, uh, powder, power, pretty okay takedown defense. It's not great. He's definitely a chess player when it comes to fighting. He just knows when his shots are. He picks and chooses. He has very good, quick combos. He needs to keep this fight at a distance in order to win, I think, if he wants to win by decision because I don't see him necessarily winning by finish. He just needs to move in and out. I think Amir has the advantages kind of everywhere a little bit in this fight, so I think I'm going to choose Amir, and I'm not sure how, but I think he's just going to be – I think he's going to be dominant. Yeah, I mean, that's probably – I mean, we're both pretty confident. Probably the easiest fight to bet on bet on of the night so far. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And next, I am excited. This could have been a main event for a fight night. This is exciting. I, I would rather I would rather watch this than Patty Pimplet and Terry Gordon. What? For Comain. Oh, I know, me too. One thousand percent. I have Armin to scare wait. You say it because you know how to say it. i you said it earlier and then I forgot. Oh boy, I did say it earlier. Let's see you if I remember. Earlier. I'm saying it loud. I'm sorry. Armin I'm Tosaki. Ter- 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 Tosaki. You see, you put me on. See, you put me on the spot, Tori. That's how you say it. <laughs> Tosaki. Tosar. Armin Tosaki Haki. I, I don't know. I'm messing it up. I did say it earlier. These I'll do hard. Armin versus Demir Ismagulov. Alrighty. You have Armin, who is an amazing wrestler. He had that great fight with Gamrot not too long ago, but it was very mm-hmm. close. His striking has improved very significantly. He sets up his takedowns beautifully, and he's just a very athletic fighter. He's moving, he moves very quick on the feet, and he's a powerhouse. He does have a lot of power for kind of not a little or do, but you know, a lightweight. He has good power, and his wrestling is insane. And then you have Demir, who is overall a great mixed martial artist. He has very good cardio, he has a very fast fighting style. Good striking, good wrestling, definitely a point fighter, not a lot of power, but I do think he does have better cardio than Armin does because we did see him get a little tired in that Gamrot fight towards later rounds. Armin, I'm going to choose to win, but if he can, if he shoots for the takedowns, if he shoots for the takedowns constantly, I think, I think he can take it. Yeah, I just, I, I think I, I'm a little, I'm like, I always, I always question it last minute as I'm looking, but. Because the thing is, is Demir's no, he's no guy to mess with. But I think Armin, like people are doubting him just because of his loss to Gamera, but he looked good. And the thing is, is I think like he defended, like, I think he got taken down five times in that fight, but he defended like 16, like there was a crazy amount that he defended. Yeah, he, yeah, his, um, his averages like got really messed up because of that fight. Cause he did defend a lot. Yeah. Yeah. So anyways, I'm going to choose Armin. I just overall think he's a better fighter. I think he's had a little more experience, but yeah, that's my choice. That's my pick. Yeah, no, Um, I actually feel like a lot of people are picking Armin. So he's definitely the favorite. Um, I'm picking the underdog here, Tori. i not really super confident, but I am, and I'll tell you why. I mean, Armin, great wrestling, averages 2.73 uh, takedowns a fight, has really, really good kicks, solid Muay Thai-esque um, striking when it comes to his hands. 
Uh, and he also has really good takedown defense, like we were just talking about. Uh, Demir, in my opinion, is the dark horse of his division, which is funny because Jerry Cannonier yeah. used to be considered the dark horse of his division, then Israel yeah. exposed him. I don't know if he is anymore, but you know, both on the same card. Um, but I, I think Demir is like the dark horse of his division. His striking's really good. I think his wrestling's good. I think his BJJ is good. He has really, really good cardio, and he has won his last 20 fights. Nice. Five of them being in the UFC. He hasn't lost since 2015. I was in the fifth grade the last time this guy lost a professional MMA bout. I'm a sophomore in college now. So it's kind of kind of crazy to think about. Um and in Armin, he's 31. And uh no, sorry. Armin is 26. Namir is 31. Messed that up. And 26 is pretty young for UFC. Mind you, goes to show how good Armin is, right? Yeah. Like, he, for him to be so dominant at a young age with 31 with a record like that and the experience he has all around is the reason I want to pick him on top of the cardio that I think he has. Uh, so I'm going to go with Demir, but honestly, I will not be surprised if I'm wrong on this pick, Tori. It's, no, it's, yeah, it's a hard fight to fight. choose. They are similar fighters, just in the way they approach the fighting style. And it's going to be interesting. I think it's going to be, I just think, I think it's not going to be, I just think it's going to be a technical, like, beauty show. And I think it's going to be good. I think it's going to be a a very entertaining fight, but I think it's going to be a technical war, if that makes sense. And I'm excited. For sure. I'm excited, too. On to the main event. We got Jared Cannonier taking on Sean Tarzan. (laughs) Uh, I'm gonna call him Tarzan now because he doesn't like it. That's what I'm gonna do. I know know he's listening. Um, but Jerry Canier, like I said, he was the dark horse of his division, and rightfully so. I think he is so disrespected, Tori. I think Jared Cannonier is one of the best middleweight fighters. I genuinely do. I really want to see him fight these other guys that are like considered like the other really good ones. Yeah, like I want to see him fight a Robert Whitaker. I want to see that fight. I think they did actually run it. I think they, I forgot. Let me look have that up. I believe I, Robert, I want to see them fight again because, um, let me look. Yeah, they did. I remember that. Okay, yeah, Robert Whitaker won and it was by decision. I do remember that. I do want to see it again, though, because just because of how different they are. Anyways, continue. Yeah, I, I, I really, I think uh, Jared Cannon here is really good. His power, I think he... Well, Alex Pahade is a whole different animal, but I think he is one of the most powerful strikers in middleweight. And that all stems from him. He used to be a heavyweight. So just like, you know, the whole idea of cutting weight, in case you guys don't understand, why do fighters cut weight? Why don't they fight at their natural weight class? Because if you're a walk around weight at 200 and you can cut down to 170, you're going to be really strong compared to the 170 pound people that's why you cut weight because you want to be stronger than everybody now you might say well if everybody stayed their natural weights then that wouldn't happen and that's an argument to make but it wouldn't be as fun i don't think so (laughs) anyway that's that um his kicks really hurt his cross can knock you out and then as for strickland he throws a lot of good combos um he likes to control the cage offensively and um if he doesn't, he has pretty good defense too. But overall, for Strickland, dude is funny, by the way. Funny guy. But 
I think he's a little um overrated as a fighter, actually. I don't I agree. I don't like everything that I see from Strickland's matches. Uh he, you know, I said he throws good combos, but they're sloppy. Like he 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 will throw a combo, but it's not always the best. It's not always the best intention either. It's almost like when I used to box my friends and I was just throwing the throw in hopes that I would hurt them. Yeah. You don't want to do that. You're a UFC fighter. So yeah. I think, you know, Cannoneer is good. After his loss to Izzy, I think a lot of people really sleep on him now, but he's a killer. His fight that got him there, like, showed how he is the killer gorilla straight up. Yeah. So I think we'll see that again on Saturday. So I'm going to go with Jared Cannoneer here. Yeah, I'm going to agree with you on that pick. And I mean, you described it perfectly. Cannoneer, he's a powerhouse. He is always switching stances. Mm-hmm. And it just, it, the fight is really going to depend on how much volume we get from Cannoneer. It's going to depend on how much he wants to throw on or on how much he kind of wants to wait around and counter strike. But it depends on how much he's going to want to throw because Strickland's going to pressure. He's going to pressure him. He's going to walk forward. He has solid straights and he's this man walks you down and he's a brawler and he does have good volume, just not good striking defense. So if Cannoneer lands, I mean, not saying that he's going to get not flatlined like he did with Alex Pieta because that's Alex Pieta. That man is a heavyweight, but I just think that Strickland can get finished in this fight if his defense is not improved. But I do also think he can win by decision if his output is higher because I can see Cannonier not having as much output as Strickland because Strickland is constantly walking forward and throwing, and he has such a good jab. And if that lands, you never know. But Cannonier has is a meathead. He has a big head, too. And he's just a huge guy. So overall, I think Cannonier has the advantages pretty much everywhere. He just needs to have that output and that volume in his strikes to really, like, secure that pick. But I'm, I'm going to go Cannonier, and I'm going to go Cannonier. I'll say by decision. Yeah, I, I don't think that's bad. I can already see the comments. Um, you know, saying Strickland, he beat Hermanson and he beat Uriah Hall and he beat Brendan Allen by a knockout. How how are you gonna say he's four and one in his last five? How are you gonna say he's overrated? Um, watch those fights. That would be my answer. I would just say watch the fights. Tell me if you think he should have won his fight versus Jack Hermanson. Tell me how you thought he did versus Alex Pajeda. Tell me, tell me, I don't know. I mean, like, I think he's done. He's got what he's done. What he needs to do in fights to win, but I don't know. Like I said, I think he's kind of overrated. But uh, that'll that'll wrap it up for fight night this Saturday. Actually, talking about this fight night, Tori, like with you, makes me a little more excited for some of these fights. Like, yeah, there are some fire fights on the uh, main card of this uh, this fight night. But Tori, let's get down to our top five. Um, this week we did nicknames, top yeah. five nicknames in, uh, in UFC all time. So I'll throw it to you first story. What's your list? Alrighty. One of mine isn't in the UFC or it was in the UFC for like a second, but anyways, at number five, this is a little bias. I'm sorry, guys. Dustin, the diamond or the diamond. I mean, come on. It's so cool. Number four, Demetrius, mighty mouse Johnson. Mm-hmm. I love mighty mouse. That It's Yeah number oh wait no i meant to switch that okay pretend like i didn't say mighty mouse is number four anyways number four chris cyborg it's just iconic everyone knows yeah, her. chris cyborg good one. it's i thought her name was chris cyborg 
until about a couple months ago. I thought that was just her name. <laughs> Anyways, number three, <laughs> I have Kimbo Slice because that I didn't even know Kimbo Slice had another name until like two years ago. And I knew mm-hmm. I've known who Kimbo Slice was for a yeah. while. I had no idea that that was not his name. Mm-hmm. Number two is Mighty Mouse. I switched that. Sorry, guys. I love Mighty Mouse. That's, I'm saying that again. The number one, how can you not? The Notorious. And that's my list. Yeah. Fire list. I, my, uh, my number five is also uh, a little biased. I put Cody No Love Garbrandt because I love Cody Garbrandt. He's about to fight soon. And yes. mind you, Tori, I, I don't care. I'm going to say it. I'm friends with a guy who trains with Cody Garbrandt's uncle. And he told me that Cody signed a four-fight contract with the UFC. Just saying. Oh. Just throwing that out there. So, Are we allowed to say that? I just did. Oh. Yeah. Gotta, gotta go to the end of the video, though. He gets a letter in the mail tomorrow. Strong <laughs> word letter. If people, if people are here for the end of our videos, now they can know. Uh, but I have Mr. No Love. I just think that's cold. And it's it's fitting for him. Another fitting nickname is my number four, the notorious Conor McGregor. I mean, it's he is the notorious Conor McGregor. It's such a fitting nickname. Uh, number three, I have Israel, the last style bender, Adesanya. It's just yeah. cold. I love it. And Avatar was like one of my favorite cartoons growing up. So even better. Uh, number three, it just rolls off, or number two, sorry, rolls off the tongue. John Bones Jones. Love it. Yeah. And Tori, I'm looking at my list and I realize how incredibly biased I was in this list because quite literally my number one is Chuck the Iceman Liddell which I, <laughs> by the way I think is such a great that nickname. is such a cool that is a very awesome nickname I just think it's so fire but <laughs> Chuck Israel and Cody are both like probably in my top five all time like favorite <laughs> so that's a little biased but that is my uh I didn't even it's realize okay. that until I said it out loud and I was like do you see Cody's new tattoo yeah, face. It yeah. it's kind of sick. It is sick. He's sick. Like He's awesome. Hurt. He's gonna be yeah. champion again one day. Oh, <laughs> we'll wish. We'll hope. He's still Maybe so another, young. He's maybe so in another young. future. Maybe in another world. He's still so young, Tori. <laughs> uh, I just, I love him. Oh well. Anyway, that is going to wrap it up for episode sixteen of the Not Your Everyday MMA podcast. Again, we appreciate our audio-only listeners. And our YouTube viewers, guys, 75% of you that watch our videos are not subscribed. What is up with that? Hit that subscribe button. Like, go ahead. It's, you know, I don't even see if you subscribe. Like, I don't, I don't know who subscribes. I don't, there probably is a way to see it, but I don't see it. So there's no subscribe. And um, that way, you know, when we post videos, you know, when they drop, and uh, you can you can be a follower. You could say you were here at the early yeah. stages of our channel. So anyway, nonetheless, we appreciate you guys. Appreciate you for the awesome year so far. We'll have a lot. Of, well, we still have a couple more videos before the end of the year. Uh, and those will be interesting. And then we're on to, on to the new year. New year of UFC. New year of fights. Crazy. So By far one of the not greatest years in MMA. Most shocking years in MMA ever, I would say. You said not one of the best. No, I said I said not one of the like. Oh, I didn't mean that. Like, just most shocking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, I think it was a crazy year. And we'll talk about it soon because we're going to do a whole award show, Tori. So that'll yeah. be fun. But uh, that is episode 16 of Night Your Everyday MMA podcast. Hope you guys enjoyed. Again, my name's Alex Henry, and I was with Tori Haverhill. Thanks, guys. Bye. We're signing off.